Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, Geekscapists. How are you doing? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, well, here's what to expect with Geekscape. And I've had this discussion quite a bit. You see, Geekscape started in 2006 as a podcast. And then Matt Kelly, one of our faithful Geekscape listeners from the very beginning, said, I'd like to start a podcast. So Matt started a podcast under the umbrella of Geekscape. That was our second podcast, The St. Mort Show, no longer on the network. And since then, we just started adding podcasts. Geekscape is now the podcast network. We've produced films. We've done all sorts of stuff. So when you when people ask me, like, what is Geekscape? First and foremost, I think it is a podcast network. Uh, it is definitely the name of this flagship podcast. Uh, it's also been a production company for film projects, web projects, uh, all sorts of things. Um, ultimately, what is this show? That's something I've been thinking about recently. Uh the show kind of follows my own interests. Sometimes I like to sit down with a guest, as you're going to get today on the podcast. Sometimes you hear a panel uh, from a convention that maybe I moderated, like at Comic-Con when I did the um, Netflix Lost in Sp Space panel. That was a lot of fun, and I put that up on the feed. Sometimes it's a grab bag. Sometimes Ian Kerner and I sit down and we talk about Marvel movies. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff available to you on this feed, but what is actually Geekscape the show? Well, it kind of depends on the week. Uh, a lot of podcasts I just don't listen to. They focus on one subject, and once that subject's exhausted, I kind of feel like, ugh. I think my ADD-addled mind doesn't allow me to do the same show every week. I just follow my interests. And this episode is definitely, definitely, definitely an example of that. Uh, I've got my good friend Joe Scott on the show. He's a storyteller, and he put out my favorite podcast of this year. Uh, it's a brand new podcast. It's called Download. Uh, we're going to talk about it because it's a bit of a journalistic podcast. And what he did was uh, he and the team there at Download, they went and investigated the rise and fall of Anticle News. Some of y'all may be familiar with Anticle News. It was started in the mid late 90s online and it was for film journalism or just film websites and film enthusiasm. It was the place uh, well up until the 2000s. Um, and we're going to talk about it because Film School Jonathan was definitely an Ain't It Cool fan. Uh, and it was incredibly influential, not just to me, uh, but also to Geekscape. Like, am I talking about movies? Am I talking to filmmakers without Ain't It Cool News paving the way? But that's also for better or worse. Uh, Ain't It Cool News was also taken down by a bit of controversy and also competitive sites like our own and other voices coming into the space that Ain't It Cool News paved the way for. So we're going to talk about that with Joe Scott. I think Download is an incredible documentary uh podcast i suggested to all of you some of you already commented that you're listening to it so we're gonna have joe here in a bit to talk about that real quick i do want to eulogize wolfgang peterson this is super sad but just before we started recording the show i learned that wolfgang peterson died um wolfgang peterson i think he's always 
been around for us. Uh, I was born in 78. Um, I will tell you, here's a little bit of a spoiler to my upcoming wedding in October. Our guest book is uh, the book from Never Ending Story. Uh, that movie is so important to us, uh, both my fiance Heidi and I, uh, that it's actually a part of our wedding. Um, beyond that, I think my biggest Wolfgang Peterson memory for me is not my favorite Wolfgang Peterson movies. He, movie, he's, he's made so many that are awesome. But uh, as far as memories of seeing a Wolfgang Peterson movie, as a kid, it would be never ending story. Uh, but when my dad drove me to college, um, he uh, he uh, we didn't know what to do once I got to school. I didn't have any friends. My dad was there for the weekend and I was completely unfamiliar with West Philadelphia where I went to undergrad. Uh, but Air Force One was playing um, the Harrison Ford movie. And so um, we just went to see Air Force One. And I, I went to see it with my dad uh, at a very transitional uh, time of my life going to college. And uh, I'll always remember that. Uh, I walked out of it super pumped. I love Air Force One. It's a super cool movie. But um, yeah, I think other than that, I would say that the movies that we didn't get from, Wolf from Wolfgang Peterson, like Batman versus Superman, he was supposed to do that early in the aughts, uh, stuff like that. I feel robbed as a film fan uh, and as a Wolfgang Peterson fan. So Wolfgang Peterson, wherever you are, um, we miss you, man. Uh, super, super sad to hear that Wolfgang Peterson passed. Um, all right, Geekscapists, I made you sad. I made you anticipate the guests. Let me check my list. Okay, this is Geekscape. All right, I think I've done everything I can. It's only been 16, 17 years of podcasting. I'm just getting my hang of it right now. Let's go ahead and start Geekscape, shall we? Here we go. All right, Geekscapists, where would we actually be without the Geekscapists? And if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, include yourself. But if you're actually watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, uh, definitely, definitely thank you for being a part of this live uh, episode. Because when Jonathan gets in trouble, he goes to the uh, comments, and y'all are there to help me out. Uh, what is Geekscape? Well, Frank Bowen, who I used to work for over at THQ when I used to write video games, says... It is just wicked cool and fun. I really appreciate that, Frank. Uh, he's actually watching on LinkedIn. We're, we're streaming to LinkedIn. So if you're dropping your resumes, hi. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Matt Kelly, who runs the Geekscape Podcast Network, says, it's a podcast network in theory, but it's also a collective of creative humans in reality. Oh, thank you, Matt. We are creative humans. Uh, Matt's co-host, Matt Milligan of the band Weedus, uh, who does a show here on the network is going to be my guest next week. They're kind of they're going through a little bit of a, a thing right now. If you're on TikTok, the teenage dirtbag trend uh, is blowing up, and Matt was in the band Weedus who did that song. So Matt, congratulations! I hope there's lots of <laughs> songs being downloaded, filling your pockets with some royalties. And I'll see you on Geekscape in a week. Uh, Chris Pavalios, who co-hosts the Geekscape produced One Hit Thunder podcast. 
says that Heidi and I should just scream out new names for each other as vows. I actually had the idea of putting out a signed seating at my wedding, <laughs> not by people's names, but the nicknames I've made for them or will make up freshly for them. And they should find their seats based on what Jonathan would call them. Could get out of hand, could turn mean. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, Jim Pagarelli says his favorite Peterson movies, Enemy Mine. Absolutely. Remember when I had uh, Louis Gossett Jr. briefly on the show in 07 and I just asked him to talk in drac? Uh, I forget these Geekscape moments until you guys bring them in, uh, bring them up to me. Um, but that was that was cool. Uh, I had access to Louis Gossett Jr. for all of like maybe five minutes and I just wanted him to speak drac like he did in uh, <laughs> Enemy Mine. I love that movie. All right. No more filibustering, Geekscapists. Uh, my good friend Joe Scott is here. He's going to talk all about this brand new podcast he started up, I think, this year called Download. It's a journalistic podcast. He is an awesome storyteller. I completely inhaled, consumed, couldn't get enough of all the episodes of the podcast. I recommend it to you all completely. Uh, but let's hear from Joe. He's the guy who helped put it all together. Uh, Mr. Joe Scott, welcome to Geekscape. Hey, glad to be here. And uh, <laughs> thanks for saying it's your favorite podcast of the year. That, uh, wow. I, wow. I, honestly, uh, Joe, we run a podcast network that has like just gone out of control. I know. It's just, yeah. it's just gotten out of control. We have close to 30 shows now. Matt Kelly is doing such a great job adding shows to the podcast network. There are more coming that I know about that I'm excited about. Um, here's the truth I only listen to a handful of podcasts because. They either grab me or they don't. Uh, I listen to a, a, a few Geekscape podcasts, just kind of like keep up with the network. Outside of Geekscape, I listen to mainly journalistic podcasts like your own. Um, I like sports podcasts. I like all sorts of podcasts. But when I saw an ad for download, and you, I mean, it just hit, it just checked all the boxes for me. I grew up in Austin. I knew all about Anticle News from the jump. I knew about Harry Knowles, who started Anticle News before any cool news from going to comic conventions there in Austin, he was a loud character just to begin with. And then I started downloading this show because I, I think I'm like you, like we just kind of trailed off being an ankle fan sometime in the early two thousands as we can, came out of film school, came out of college. And then it just felt like I was taking a nostalgic road trip for better or worse, considering their history back to the any cool news days that I think, helped form this podcast network, helped form this podcast, I, I think helped inform, for better or worse, some of my storytelling habits. Uh, what what kind of led you to putting together Download in, in this first story on Anacle News? You know, I had a lot of the same um, experiences you did with the site where it was just very formative, you know, sort of growing up in the early internet the internet was more free range. There were just websites, sort of these outposts of information that were spread everywhere. And, and now everything's sort of just been put in single file through social media feeds, which is great. That's definitely a more organized way of experiencing the net. But, you know, back in the old days, you found an outpost. If you even like part of what they fed you every day, um, that's, that's just where you went. So I was, I was at Ain't, Ain't It Cool News in the morning before I even check my email address every day. And I would often be there up until late at the night, sometimes just reading the posts, reading comments people made. And, you know, some writers were actually really good. And I, I think when I tell people that 
they they feel dismissive they feel a little holier than thou but there were some great writers who worked for the site you know and unfortunately a lot of what they did was sort of overshadowed by by harry's behavior by harry's writing um yeah uh i think i'm friends with drew mcqueenie on facebook but i'll tell you in 2001 i had it like my, I got senioritis real bad my last year of, of college, and I made a 75-minute movie. Geekscapist, don't get your hopes up. You'll never see it. Um, <laughs> and it was called Spores. It was about it was, it was Night of the Comet. It was two geeks working in a radio station, okay. like I was, uh, and a comet comes past, and the, the dust turns people into zombies. And now these two losers look up, and they're like, oh, my God, there's zombies everywhere. It's, the movie is terrible. But uh, I remember in 2001, as a graduation gift, my stepmother, Alice rented the original alamo draft house on colorado in in uh in fifth there in austin uh and that was the very first alamo draft house it was a complete fire hazard it had hay bales on the walls and yes. i remember seeing um so many south by southwest in there uh this and i mean it really was like the beginning of that whole like cinema resurgence in Austin, as far as a fan perspective goes, obviously Robert Rodriguez and Linklater and those guys had already started their own thing, producing movies in the local area. But as a fan, like the place to go to be a fan, that Alma Draft House was the place. And so when we were going to we were going to show Spores there, we showed Spores there in May of 2001. And I invited uh, anybody from Anticle News who wanted to come to watch the movie. And Quint showed up and he watched oh, the movie right. and see Robert Cargo. Showed up Massa Worm from the website who went on to write Doctor Strange, and uh, uh, he just did the, the it's called the Black Phone, the one that just came out. With, yep, it, 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 it came Hawk. out on DVD today. Oh wow! So go watch the Black Phone if you're into horror movies and Blumhouse films. Uh, so they came, and I was like, <laughs> "This is what I remember, Joe." <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, "So what y'all think?" And they were like. <laughs> the movie's terrible, Geeks Games. You're never going to see it. But they clearly did not write about it for the site. But just the fact that they huh. took an hour and a half, two hours out of their day and came and hung out in the theater and watched my bad singer movie from high, from college that I probably, you know, I made. Like That meant a lot to me. And Because well, uh, at the time, they were rock stars. Total rock stars. And and you'll have to understand this. You weren't familiar with Ain't Cool News because I believe, Joe, you were getting a lot of flack from this from the audience because what ended up happening 10 years later 15 years later is you start hearing about the controversy with Devin Faraci and with mm -hmm. the Alma Draft House and ultimately with Harry Knowles who started Ain't Cool News in 95, 96, 97 you start hearing about those controversies but right there 2001 when we booked that 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 screening and invited the Ain't It Cool News people, you couldn't have bigger film journalists from the internet come and check out your movie that you made in college. There's just, there's no getting around it. And two of them showed up and they were rock stars, like you said. I think it would be impossible to be in Austin in 2001 uh, to go to the original Alamo Draft House at that time and not walk away from those places uh, being obsessed with movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just such such a transformative experience to go to those places and, and to see this community just geek out hardcore over film. It really made watching movies feel so cool. Um, and nothing has ever been like that since I've gone to other Alamos and they're fun. They're great. And 
but believe me, the first Alamo, you know, this was amazing. So amazing. We ignore the fact that it was a massive fire hazard that could have killed us all. <laughs> I started going. Uh, so the first one, the first Alma Draft House, I was an Anaclone News fan my senior year in high school when I was about to leave Austin. And, I, and like you, I checked it in the morning. I checked it between classes at college. I checked it at night. I wanted to see what the big spoilers were. And Anaclone News was notorious for having people go out to these test screenings, like the NRG test screenings where they were testing movies months before they were released. And people would write these spoiler reviews and the site would post them. So you would know, I remember, and I talked about this two weeks ago on the, uh, I think on one of the Comic-Con episodes, Geeks Campus, I've stopped kind of judging movies based on early reports, early leaked photos. This after on Anical News in, two, in 1999, I saw those X-Men costumes leak. And I was like, these look horrendous. Where's the yellow? These aren't the X-Men costumes costumes these look goofy these look like halloween outfits and then x-men comes out and it was fun and x-men's great and i had so much fun with the first brian singer movie the first two brian singer movies and i was like you can't judge anything from a spoiler on the internet but that is what ankle news made their 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 reputation on you know and it made them rock stars like you said yeah, it definitely sort of created what sometimes a funnel of hate where something <laughs> opens in that funnel and no matter what happens, your experience of going to that movie just leads you down to this hole. And in that hole, the only emotion you have to express is, I hated this. And, um, you know, it, it, it really pissed a lot of filmmakers off because if they got caught in this funnel of hate, sometimes there was no way out. You know, James Gunn, and Zack Snyder, uh, their first feature-length film, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, was originally in that funnel of hate. And they had to break out uh, or they were, you know, their film was going to be doomed. Their careers would be flatlined. And, you know, fortunately, they found a way to work through it. But it was uh, it was a very contentious time for them. And, uh, you know, I, I see that funnel of hate now on social media. You know, I for the last three months, we were told that She-Hulk was going to be this dog shit garbage show. But um, I saw the first episodes this weekend. I thought She-Hulk was great. Uh, so I think definitely just forming your own opinions based on the experience of watching the thing is the way to go. I agree with you. Uh, it did feel like, uh, I mean, it, 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 I was kind of biased towards Anical News at the beginning. And in, in Geekscape, it's, it's only in retrospect, knowing how these communities ended up how the anical news community ended up how the alma draft house community ended up it's only in retrospect that people look at anical news and also if, you, if you're a filmmaker the stuff they were doing wasn't cool like spoiling movies you know influencing the process for the most part it wasn't cool but that's kind of a double-edged sword too without that process do we get the lord of the rings movies that we got that were pretty much note for note perfect when they hit theaters and surprised a lot of people because Peter Jackson at the time wasn't a well-known filmmaker. And remember those movies when they were in development were the movies that could completely destroy New Line. It was the Golden Compass that ended up doing it. But at the time, <laughs> everybody was like, what is New Line doing making back-to-back -back Lord of the Rings movies at the same time with a, a filmmaker who's completely unknown they kind of use, I mean, can you tell that story? I don't want to spoil too much of download. I think you Geekscapists who are listening to this, watching this should download the the, the series. But can you kind of tell the Peter Jackson 
uh, any cool news story about Lord of the Rings? Because I think that actually really proves the influence of the site. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think knowing the story necessarily spoils the show. Um, I think it's more than just the story. It's a lot of ideas that uh, resonate with me. But, you know, essentially, you know, especially with new directors, fresh directors who don't have a lot of clout, you know, studios just steamroll over them. And during the production of Lord of the Rings, there were a lot of times where the studios were trying to steamroll over uh, the Lord of the Rings team. They wanted, here's a great example. They wanted Samwise Gamgee to be a girl because, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien didn't have a whole lot of dates. He didn't write a whole lot of women characters in his books. It's just what it was. Um, so they were trying to add a more female perspective to the film. And, you know, I think there's a case to be made why that might not have been the worst idea. But all that aside, this was a horrible idea. So they would start leaking, a, an anonymous crew member would be leaking information to Ain't It Cool News, who would then write these incendiary reports. Oh, this is happening. This is not going to be good. This is going to be bad. And uh, the studio was getting mad. Peter Jackson was warning the crew, like, don't, don't spoil the story. Don't leak information to this website. You cannot do it. We're getting in trouble. And then, you know, uh, according to C. Robert Cargill, the person who was leaking all the information was uh, Peter Jackson himself. He was just trying to stay in charge of uh, the narrative and drive the narrative and push his agenda and, and to have his way, which, you know, who knows how bad Lord of the Rings would have been if the studios gave us what they thought was best. Originally, they wanted it to be one film, then maybe two films. You know, Peter had to fight to get it to be the three film version. And, um, you know, it was a fight every step of the way. And I think ultimately that fight might have broke Peter Jackson as a director, as a filmmaker. But, I, you know, he got the film across the finish line in the state that it is. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it could have survived otherwise. You know, so absolutely. You have to thank Anit Cool News for the film's success. And I, people are probably pissed to hear me say that. But I definitely believe that's true. And. Geekscape was looking back, there weren't Marvel movies every weekend. There was no chance of a She-Hulk uh, TV show. There wasn't a chance of a Guardians of the Galaxy. There wasn't a chance of any of this nerd culture dominating the multiplex or dominating the TV. Uh, you were never going to get a, a Sandman series like the, uh, the caliber of the one that you have on Netflix right now. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen because the studios were so in control. So uh, you, you were getting get Batman and Robin. That's what you're going to get. And there's when you download uh, the podcast, you're going to hear a lot of conversation about that Joel Schumacher, Batman and Robin, because that was also a big turning point for Annie Cool News uh, towards the hate. And one thing that I thought, I, I saw an early criticism of this, I think in a comment. Oh, y'all read the comments out loud in one of your feedback yeah. episodes. But <laughs> what, what, what Joe does do in, in a way, I think that if, even if you aren't familiar with any cool news, I think it's great to listen to this series because what what Joe does really well, and I'll go ahead and talk about you in the third person. Welcome to Geeks here. Uh, is you do parallels, uh, parallels to that early beginning of like incel talkback toxicity on this website where they are calling for the heads of Joel Schumacher and the filmmakers that they don't like, uh, just incendiary posts in like. And they're not reined in either. There was not a whole lot of moderation of those talkbacks. As a fan, I didn't enjoy going to the talkbacks because I felt like a lot of that stuff was going to start getting pointed at me if I stood up for anybody. So it really was uh, a pretty 
nasty place. Uh, but what you do, Joe, and I think you do well, regardless of the criticisms uh, that some people might have, is you parallel it to what is starting to happen, what we've seen happen in the last few years, maybe even longer, um, as far as the political discourse in this country. Yeah. The people just, let's just say angry people, like angry white people angry white dudes <laughs> the incel culture and it, this is Fair. It, it, this isn't just political we we obviously see it with like the snyder the, the the snyder cut movement or we see it with people getting doxxed or uh just uh run off of instagram like kelly Marie tran from uh the last jedi you start to see the abuse towards women the abuse towards minority groups and there was a nascency of it here on ain't it cool news and they allowed it to not get moderated to not get filtered uh and it turned into what 4chan 8chan yeah yeah you know do you really believe that the nascency of those things or those movements were the ankle news talkbacks uh you know so i'm not going to disagree with you yeah the the chans the chans came to us from a website called somethingawful.com which was created by a gentleman who called himself low tax and something awful was a contemporary of ain't it cool news Ain't it cool news launched and it was sort of it was a lot of film discourse and then you know some toxicity and then something awful i think you could describe it especially in the early days as some film discourse and then a lot of toxicity <laughs> and you know I, I there's a really great book uh, that I would recommend everyone read. It's called It Came From Something Awful by Dale Barron. And it really breaks down the history of that site and its impact on the world we live in today because uh, the, there was a toxic culture there. Um, Steve Bannon discovered this toxic culture um, uh, running scams on, in the MySpace world, or not MySpace, uh, Minecraft world. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, wow, this is like an army you can mobilize. And, you know, he he saw oil in them hills and he struck it. And, uh, you know, they ran a campaign against Hillary Clinton, who was, had a very, very expensive campaign, one of the most expensive in history. And Trump was running a campaign with a much smaller budget. And he won because they harnessed that hatred that they found, this undercurrent of ooze. I just watched uh, Ghostbusters 2 with my kid. She wanted to watch Ghostbusters 2. And uh, there's this river of slime that's fueled by hatred. And, you know, I, I think that can be uh, internet comment sections. Yeah. For sure. Uh, what do you do about it at this point? I mean, this is 2099, 2001. Uh, what could have been done then? I, as much as I agree with you that 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 this this this, this talk back, because I didn't like stating foot in that damn place. It was gross. Uh could there have been anything to plug that dam or was it always going to burst? Well, you know, I, I think our great rule of thumb is if you can't afford to properly moderate your talk back or your comment section, then you don't get to have one uh, that, and I'm not saying that that should be a law, but I think that should be a guiding ethos. Um, and that's certainly something that didn't happen there. There, you know, and it was especially bad for the women who wrote for any cool news because Every one of their articles, there were just tirades of misogyny of people basically bragging about how they wanted to sexually assault these women. 
for the the sole crime of wanting to write about movies and and that's a terrible space and if you think about it like even though these women women were not getting paid they were employees of ain't it cool news so ain't it cool news has a responsibility um legally you know as employers to protect the people who work for them and it, it, they endured a lot of abuse and i think that um i think they should have turned talkbacks off you know and the reason they didn't is because they made money off of it talkbacks kept that site alive and relevant long after you know the writing had started to dissipate you know people stopped writing as much drew mcweeney left the talkbacks churned the rent uh so to speak with the ads and everything and um i think they were they were dependent on the toxicity you know and i had a very personal experience myself honestly you know we we did a series of episodes in between the narrative episodes where we ran comments from the readers and you know I thought it would be a great experiment just to read the most toxic, hateful remarks these people made uh, just to show, you know, the impact, the lingering impact of Anticool News. And what I didn't realize is that as I was reading these comments, I was I was fueling them. Um, How and, so? Because, well, because yeah. I'm reading the worst comments and then there were people who were actively trying to say the most hateful shit so that they could have their comments read by me on my show. Rewarding and behavior. I was rewarding the behavior. And where I hit the line was when they started making sexually aggressive comments about my uh, my producer, uh, a woman named Chris Bell, who works very hard on my show. She's incredibly brilliant, uh, a hardworking person and doesn't, no one deserves to be talked about that way, but you know, me as someone who really appreciates everything this person's done for me, I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. You know? And so if you notice there was sort of the final batch of episodes we did, I stopped doing comment sections one for time reasons. I just wanted to focus on the narrative, but then the other piece was I was, I was feeding this monster, the same monster I was criticizing on the show. It was sort of a, a weird parallel that happened and i you know I, I think people have got to be smarter about how they create uh comment sections mm -hmm. you know and elon musk wanted to buy twitter and one of the things he was talking about was making making it a space for free speech and i i don't think he realizes that sometimes the people who pay the most in terms of free speech are are marginalized people who don't find any freedom there they're they're completely shut out and shouted down and harassed and bullied and abused and sometimes the threats manifest themselves in physical ways as well and so i you know i i do think we need to find ways to be more responsible for these spaces you know we we wouldn't we wouldn't just give a handgun to a small child and, and this is an extreme example but uh, you know i think that we're creating a place that socializes people to behave in the worst way possible and the problem is spiraling. You know, I, we see it in film Twitter, but, you know, now we see it in everything Twitter. Uh, and, and the Ain't It Cool News effect has spread to uh, the news and to politics, uh, even religion. And, um, yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little wary of it. Because the one thing I talked about in the show is Ain't It Cool News was – it might actually be the first website to have a comment section. I, I remember you say, saying that, and 
I was, you know, what you did, what I do whenever I listen to it. I said, is this the way Jonathan recalls it? Because I, I mean, I think I was there from almost the launch of Anticle News. Yeah. And, and I couldn't refute it. I mean, I've been friends with some of the people who talked about Chris Gore, et cetera, in the podcast. I've been for a lot. I've been friends with people like Chris Gore for almost two decades. He's um, awesome. Chris is great. Chris is great. Um, uh, but I tried to think about refuting that. And it was, it, I, I couldn't think of a website that had a, a comment section sooner. We had a comment section for a long time on Geekscape. Uh, and thank goodness, places like Facebook or maybe where you're watching this podcast right now, if you're watching live, oh, thank goodness they, they cannibalized that and took the numbers right out. Because uh, I would look up and anybody had a little bit of a disagreement with Jonathan or what he's doing on the show. And... Uh, I'd hear from it, and I I, I also got to give you credit, Geeks Gavis. When you if you go back, I I did this thing that people in their forties probably shouldn't do, but I I started a TikTok for Geekscape. I know, I know, I started at Comic Con, <laughs> and uh, I've been going back and finding old stuff. I, I'd like to find I like to post like an old Geekscape moment a week on that TikTok alongside new stuff. Uh, the one I just posted this week was Grant Morrison talking about the hyper entity from Comic Con two thousand seven. I also did the famous Stan Lee calling Geekscape Dickscape. That's up there, Geekscapus. Um, but uh, I, uh, I'm going through the old like archives of Geekscape, but go all the way back to the beginning. And Jonathan's just different. And Jonathan is uh, more edgelord. He is uh, not fun. I mean... I think Geekscapists who were there thought I was fun, but I think our entire culture has shifted into a bit more of a mindfulness. And I, I remember distinctly uh, my friend Robert Peterson, who puts out a has a publishing imprint uh, and has make, puts out sci-fi novels for novel. You know, it's great, and he was responsible for a lot of guests uh, coming on Geekscape in the first ten years of the show. And I remember looking up. And ask, he was asking if we could get somebody to read one of his books. This is 2000, recently, this is 2016, 2017. And he wanted one of our writers on the website to review one of the books that his novelist was putting out. And I said, I wrote him an email and I said, Robert, uh, why don't you just have the novelist on Geekscape? The download numbers on Geekscape are higher than the readership numbers on the website you'll get more exposure for the novelist if you just have them on the podcast. And Robert said, I don't want to do that. And do you want me to be honest as to why as your friend? And I said, absolutely. Robert admitted to me in that email that he didn't have fun being on Geekscape, that Jonathan was working on his tight five, that he was uh, burying the guest in the hopes of getting a joke over or mm. just probably in, and that is absolutely who I was. A lot of that is remnants from what I thought was cool and edgy and would get responses, as you said, from places like Any Cool News, where you learn the language. You learn the quote-unquote language of film discourse or film criticism or just film enthusiasm. And a lot of that stuff I was seeing was in the DNA of that early Geekscape stuff. Uh, a bit horrified by it. I remember when Kevin Smith first emailed to be on the podcast when we were doing Geek Drum back on revision three before revision three uh he sent me a blind email kevin smith had never been on a podcast before he had listened to us talk about the upcoming clerks 2 in the trailer 
and I had misquoted him on a J. Michael Straczynski quote about Spider-Man that had been on uh, J. Michael Straczynski Spider-Man that had been in Wizard Magazine. I'm completely misquoted Kevin Smith. He sent me an email to to correct me. It was from snoogans 37 at AOL.com. And Edgelord Jonathan responded to that email with, fuck you, you're not Kevin Smith. And <laughs> and <laughs> let me tell you, Geekscape, it, it all could have gone a different way had Kevin been not as good a person as Kevin is. Uh, he responded with a very patient email that had a link to the early VSQ uh, boards. And it had a link. And when I clicked the link, it sent me to view SKU's boards and it just had a post just for me that said, hi, Jonathan, it's me. When can I come on your podcast? <laughs> a week later, Kevin's on the podcast and the rest is history. Like uh, he's he's clearly all in on the podcasting. Uh, he's great. I did see him a few months ago. We had a great catch up and talk. But uh, my response to him it's unacceptable. You wouldn't have said "fuck you." You're not. You wouldn't. You can't say that to somebody on the street. It was unacceptable, and it was educated by communities like this that I was a part of. And yeah, it's taking well, you a know, while to shake off the "don't hate, create geekscape." That's only geekscape in the last what seven, eight, nine years. That's not good, and it took some thumping for us to figure that out. You know. Yeah, the internet is like a dog owner that gives its pet a treat when it shits on the couch <laughs> you know and, and unfortunately we're the dog you know and, and so as a creator of internet content now I, I i challenge myself i challenge everyone we've got to start finding ways to give the treats out when they shit outside mm-hmm. you know it, it's just it's just we've got to start finding ways to turn this mechanism around and to make it reward acknowledge pay attention to uplift uh, better behavior better humanity uh, or we're gonna lose this thing <laughs> you know well, one thing that that you learn as somebody who starts something and and runs it for you know a community an organization is that it trickles down from the top and i think as a result of jonathan's personal uh course correction is that we start to have more people wanting to be a part of the podcast network. They want to call Geekscape their home. I think I'm really, really proud of the work that Matt Kelly's done building the network that everybody's been a part of. The, the, I love our podcasters. I love the community that we've had and the positivity of it all. Uh, and, I, and I feel like that's always been there in a sense. But again, it trickles down from the top. From the top. And I want to pat myself on the back because it is a community and a lot of us are involved in keeping this thing going. Uh, with any cool news, the top was Harry Knowles. And you could be a Drew McQueenie or you could be uh, C. Robert Cargill or you could be anybody with like the best intentions. And ultimately what trickles down starts with Harry. And when he in 2017 had these allegations of sexual misconduct or assault, um, I hate to say it, you kind of saw it coming. Did you see that coming? Because I, I knew Harry from before Anacle News just as a witness to him at places like the Austin White Garage Sale where he and his father would sell stuff, movie memorabilia and things like that. Um, it 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 kind of felt, maybe, maybe that I saw it coming because of the toxicity that had come out of the site. Maybe I saw it coming because 
the Blade 2 review, which is notorious, is one of the worst reviews ever and is almost unreadable, is when I, I think, pulled the plug on 8 Cool News. I mean, he, like, compared Guillermo del Toro's Blade 2 to Guillermo del Toro going down on a woman uh, as the audience. Yeah. It was it was uncomfortable to read then. It's uncomfortable to read now. You have excerpts of it in the podcast as an example. Uh, I think Jim Pagranelli in the comments says... Uh, I trailed off being an Andy Cullen News fan after that Blade 2 review. Vomit emoji. I think that was a lot of us there, Jim. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because it came to an... I had an audible gasp when I found out about it on the podcast, but Harry Knowles found out that you were doing a podcast about him. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, you know, I, I made a very purposeful choice in the beginning not to contact harry you know i wanted to tell the story i wanted to focus on the characters we've heard from the least drew mcweeney aka moriarty c robert cargill aka massaworm eric vespi aka quint and uh you know other members of this crew and i felt that number one i thought that they were better writers better better I would say leaders of this community than Harry. And, you know, I, I think that shows today, but um, beyond that, I just knew that if I had a shot at telling the truth, I was going to get it from them and, and certainly not Harry, but um, I, I was interviewing everyone I could speak to. And then uh, I found out that uh, I got a message from Harry. He found out about this work I was doing and he confronted me and, you know, it, it was interesting. My initial response was to call his bluff. You know, he'd kind of been real sticky about not giving any comments after the allegations came out. And uh, so I said, Hey, would you like to do an interview? Really, truly hoping he would say, no, no, I, I want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And just disappear and leave me to do my work. But he's like, yeah, let's talk, let's do it. And so then, you know, I, I had not completed my research by that time, um, you know, and, and I think you can definitely hear that in the interview. And so I do this interview with Harry Knowles, someone who, you know, is a disgraced figure who has done a lot of terrible things, but still very much was this figure that loomed large in my life when I was a little kid, when I was, you know, I was born in 80, so I'm I'm still like a freshman in high school when I first went to Ain't It Cool News. Um, so just sort of encountering this person who at one time was a huge deal. And, you know, m when we spoke, my number one goal was just I already knew he did the things he was accused of. Too many people have accused him. He's accepted some accountability in a weird sort of half-assed way multiple times. Um, in Geekscape, it's the, the, the interview is a two-hour final episode of at least this storyline on download, and it is worth listening to as much as I despise. I mean, I literally groaned when in episode nine you said, and then something happened. I was contacted by Harry Knowles. So I hear you've been, <laughs> I hear you've been uh, investigating, investigating yeah. me, and it just pulled me back to every time I've been in a room with Harry uh, and just how he's the original incel. He's the original neckbeard. He's, you know, in his presence is huge and larger than life. And 
and ultimately it felt like oh boy joe's going to go toe-to-toe with a like this force and i'm rooting for you because i'm loving the podcast for nine episodes and i was so weary turning on the that two-hour conversation with harry i gotta dude you you did such a great job and i'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast i was critical of the first bit because you do so your, your storytelling is great geekscape has downloaded this podcast it's joe's storytelling is great you cut the interview in a really narrative sequence because i don't think that these this conversation plays out in the podcast as it played out in real life because you're saving the really strong stuff for last talking about the allegations and yeah. and it really does feel like that first hour when it feels like he's distracting you from it feels like he's doing he's he's seducing you with his larger than life personality and how charismatic he is and talking about film this and his larger than life family history and i'm listening to this being like we just want to hear if he is repentant we just want to hear him apologize we just want to hear him take responsibility ultimately that was definitely the goal for me yeah i wanted to see if he would just take accountability and uh, and to apologize and um I don't want to spoil it, but I'll, I'll just say that uh, it wasn't um, the reality I was hoping for. And, you know, I think, you know, I do spend a lot of time talking about his family because I do think that that that's part of his origin story. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. If you listen to that part of his story, then you understand why he is the way he is. And I'm not saying to understand someone is to excuse them. No. Because I think everyone's responsibility in life, I, I say this as an abuse survivor, everyone's responsibility in life is to unfuck themselves. <laughs> you have to. You have to unfuck yourself or you're going to abuse other people. Hurt people, and, hurt and people that, and all that, yes. Yeah, you know, and, and unfortunately, he, he's got a whole lot of unfucking he still needs to do. Uh, that was a takeaway from that final interview for sure uh geeks gave us you gotta you gotta listen to this thing um and again the i reached out to joe i think after i'd listened to two or three episodes of this thing there are at least 10 on the narrative podcast and they're they're not short these things are an hour plus so <laughs> and and that is not a fault that they they are required to be that length i do not think that they're excessive at any point there are episodes where y'all review get some comments like you said, that are come between the episodes that take them or leave them. I listen to every single word of it, but um, we want that reward. And, uh, and I think that the, the conclusion was both, it, it is going to sound like the biggest, uh, they were, I was satisfied with the result, but also frustrated. It, it, I was satisfied because of course, that's the, the, the final word from this individual but also frustrated by the final word for this individual. And to, to understand that, you just need to listen to this. Uh, our good friend Jennifer Zhang, who once hosted a podcast on this very network and is welcome to again, Jennifer, we love you. Come back, do another podcast with Geekscape. She said, I didn't know about the Blade 2 review. I just read it now. And I need you both to apologize to me for bringing it to my attention. Yeah, <laughs> Jennifer, I'm sorry. We, we we totally magnified that voice again, and I'm really sorry. We love you, Jen. And again, um, there's a funny story about that review. Yeah, go for it. So, you know, 
I, I have a really great voice actor who plays the voice of Harry Knowles throughout the show. Incredible a... to the point where it wasn't until the credits that you revealed <laughs> that I was like, how was that not Harry Knowles? He did such a fantastic <laughs> job. Just getting his tone and the tone makes your skin crawl. Just getting the tone right. He did such a great job. He wasn't my first choice, actually. I had, I had another person I'd contacted. And, you know, I knew that whoever played this role is going to have to say a lot of terrible shit. And I figured the best way to audition was to maybe give, like, a, an example of the worst thing that you'd have to say. So the audition was to record themselves reading the Blade 2 review. <laughs> and so this, this guy I'd known for a long time, I'm like... I was even going to pay him to audition, which, you know, I, I try to handle this as ethically as possible. Well, you're giving and, him ment like emotional trauma and reading this review is the least you can do. I gave him the review and then in very rapid succession, I got a, a message back from him pretty quickly saying, actually, you know, it turns out I'm really busy and I, I have a lot of things going on and I'm just not going to be able to audition or do this podcast. Uh, uh, thanks for thinking of me. So then, you know, I, I went with Ben after that, which is great because you're right. He did a fantastic job, but um, he didn't just say it, the lines. He inhabited the smarminess of that character. And, and, and I think what you said is, is accurate. You, we, a part of me did not want this person to take up any more of my life. I honestly gave this website 10 years of my life as a fan yeah. and as a reader. And when you started going into his family history i started saying no like let's go back to quint let's go back to mass world let's go back to these guys who i really read the site for let's go back to drew mcqueenie who like you said is one of the best internet journalists of all time and yeah i think that geekscape has created a lot of incredible internet journalists like william bibiani and uh i really love eric francisco who he sent over to inverse and we just have a lot of people who started with Geekscape out there writing for other sites and I love them and I'm so happy with y'all and Harry had a similar situation starting writers off he described it I described Geekscape as like a farm team for podcasters and writers and I love that uh but you always have a home here like Jen hi who also said that we are uh forgiven for hey. everything and so thank you Jen you don't have to forgive us you don't um uh but with with Harry, when you started going into his family history, um, there's one thing that I thought was super important, and it's probably why you included it, was they exposed him to every movie known to man for better or worse. And it created, some, I mean, I hate to be like, oh, violence, you know, uh, video games cause violence, movies cause violence, or this or that. But I figure with the, I think with the family trauma that happened and with some of the exposure to it, uh, to to what he was seeing, I, I I can't think of like how how the definitions were in his head to how the real world operates. And in that final interview, I can't help but feel like you're talking to somebody who has a bit of a disconnect with how the real world operates yeah. and how real people operate, as opposed to how they operate in film. Remember when nine eleven happened, and sometimes our only discourse was it was like a disaster movie. We couldn't believe it uh, when Geekscape. Uh, was part of Doc of the Dead, the creation of the, the, the documentary Doc of the Dead about zombie culture that we did yeah. for epics. Uh, one of the th conversations I had with Alexander Philippe was that I felt like our zombie fandom with The Walking Dead and our, the, you know, remember zombies fandom, it was huge, uh, was 
our own inability to wrap our heads around the high speed imagery uh, trauma that we've been given from witnessing things like 9-11, Katrina, tsunamis, etc., uh, the war on terror, and that the only way that as traumatized societies we could wrap our heads around it were through this fictitious zombie. And I really wanted that the documentary, and it's in there, it's fun. Uh, it's not fun, it's trauma. Uh, is talking about things like survivalism or talking about things like, uh, you know, uh, out of control, uh, viruses like we just witnessed, like we're witnessing now. Um, this really what we're talking about. We'll use it through the metaphor of the movies through TV, fictitious monster. Um, it felt like it feels like that disconnect between the metaphor and the reality is still present in this individual. And I think you were accurate in documenting how he was raised in that environment. Yeah, well, you know, he, I think he really has a disconnect. Um it made me sad with, his, with the that? emotional side of his life. Um, and I think he has no sense of boundaries. Not that I have empathy for those actions, but no, it was, it was, it, it made me sad listening to it. And I was disappointed. Uh, like, dude, you got to come up, you got to pull up from this somehow. Yeah. Yeah. He you unfuck yourself as my friend Joe Scott says. Yeah, you really do. But, um, you know, I I known that when he from the time he was a small child, his parents were playing violent horror films. What I didn't know, what we found out in the interview, was that they were also playing pornography. And he tries to hand wave and say, "Oh, it's just the softcore stuff." You know, I have a kid; she's six years old. If if someone played pornography for my kid, I would be physically upset. Mm-hmm. I would be really angry. You know, and and. There's no justifications. There's no rationalizations as to how that's okay. And it's going to leave someone with damage. It was essentially abuse. You know, Harry managed to go viral again this week and had nothing to do with my podcast. What happened? Uh, I, 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 um, I, it was actress. Was it on TikTok? Because I've just been on TikTok. Facebook. Oh. Actress and Twitter. Yeah. Actress Anne Hayes died. Uh, rest in peace. Um, she died. Um, in a car wreck, um, fire, smoke inhalation while uh, driving while intoxicated. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry's mom died. She passed out drunk and her house caught on fire and it, she burned alive in her own home. So here's a woman who essentially died the same way Harry's mom did. And he wrote just this really flippant statement about her, how he doesn't hold it against her that she was in the movie Psycho, the remakes of Psycho and, Right, you know, and you're just like, you know, and everyone's really angry, and they're, you know, again, they're they're back in this mode again with Harry, where they're just taking their shots. And I get it, you know, it, it's a but terrible the frame thing to of say. reference is talking about fucking movies, right? You know, and and so that's horrid. But I I truly think it's because he's unwilling, unable to connect. Something that that literally happened to him. He, he's not able to connect with it in a, in a real uh, human way. Joe, and uh, I wrote something yeah. on my Facebook about Anne Hache. Um, Geekscapists who've listened to this show for any moment of time know that my older brother Daniel, in 1996, outside of Austin, was hit and killed by a drunk driver. And 
in that so sorry yeah it, it it's why i left austin let's just be clear it's why i looked for colleges anywhere but austin had daniel not died i probably would have gone to austin done the radio television film thing it's a great program and i probably would have maybe discovered film maybe just stuck with radio but i would have probably still been living in austin like the the ghost of having to spend time after your brother is killed in that place that i looked for schools outside of Austin to go to. I couldn't live in Austin anymore. Uh, even as it was becoming the cultural epicenter for all things fringe and cool. Um, in Hage, when I moved, moved to LA in 03, I got a TV show, I got a job delivering packages for a company called Von Zernick Schertner. They make TV movies. Some are good, some are, eh, some are, some are good. Um, Anne Heche was in one of these TV movies. I was just a dealer. I was the post PA. I take a package. Maybe it's got a video VHSs in it. Maybe it's got scripts in it. And I had to deliver them to Anne Heche regularly. Several, one day, once a day, at least, if not several times a day. And she had a condo in Hollywood. This is 2004. She did not have to be nice to me. At the time, Anne Heche is just always on TMZ. She had troubles. They were magnified by the TMZ stuff. I can't imagine anybody who has either addiction issues or mental issues and then is under a microscope from these tabloids. I can't understand. Like, that is just a horrible situation. And Anna Heche was so nice to me, Joe. And she also died behind the, the wheel of a car intoxicated. That's the way that my brother was killed by someone like that. Do I have anger at Anne Heche? No, I have empathy. I have empathy for the people who have addiction. I have empathy for the people who have damage in their lives that lead them to these situations. They, they can't unfuck themselves. And I, I think that the tabloids were pretty bad with allowing her to unfuck herself. They, they almost made it impossible for her to unfuck yeah. herself. And and I was super sad hearing that this person who had no reason to be nice to me as a young PA showing up at her door all hours of the day, delivering stuff, knocking on it. She'd come. Sometimes she'd be wanting a, a visit and be like, oh, they told me you were coming over. And sometimes she'd be like, what the fuck? But she was always nice to me. And the, the fact that she died made me super, super sad i didn't even think about her filmography i thought about the person who was nice to young jonathan had no reason to be because she wasn't always nice to people back in those days for good reason but she was nice to me and i was super sad i didn't want to eulogize her at the top of the show because i was eulogizing wolfgang peterson the geekscape is that is a story i've never told in geekscape and Hayes was super nice for a period of months to jonathan and i was super sad that she died um if you remember the archives in 2007 I was at Wizard World LA, same place I interviewed uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, and Kristen Bell and I sat down and talked. They were that is how I met Kristen Bell was that same TV movie. Uh, Anne Heche is in it. Kristen Bell is in it, and they were both super kind. And Kristen was fantastic, and you know, always remembered me. So, uh, so I was super sad about the Anne Heche news. And, and it and it again, I'm super sad that somebody has a disconnect, and the only way that they can utilize somebody is saying. I sat through this shit movie one time and I forgive them now. Yeah. So disappointed in humanity. It wasn't, you know, and it wasn't great, but I, you know, there again, like I think rather than maybe just ignore the fact that this person 
doesn't have a healthy way of addressing the death of another human being. Um, the internet didn't do that. The internet uh, immediately sucked it up into its into its maw and just started running it through the cycle. So um, Harry got the shit kicked out of him a lot this weekend. And you know, I'm not. Saying, I don't know. I haven't read it. Deserved. I, you know, to to quote uh, Clint Eastwood, deserved. I ain't got nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just. It was a terrible comment. Yeah. My personal response is when someone says something awful on Facebook, so long as they're not attacking a group of people's ability to have an identity and to live, I, I typically just, oh, fuck. Why, why am I even following this person? Yeah. That's the first question I ask myself. You can mute, you can unfollow, you can block. Um, but, I, you know, what's interesting is that rather than do any of that, people just started resharing his comment you know with their additional commentary like fuck this guy sure but it's giving it, but, but it's 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 giving air it's giving oxygen to the fire in one form it's giving or oxygen to the fire you know and he's getting beat up all over all over social media and there again he doesn't apologize he doesn't admit that hey maybe this was a bad take he doesn't just delete the post which any normal person would probably do just move on um he wants the attention on some level maybe on some level on some level maybe you know maybe that keeps in his mind that keeps him in the conversation but i i just think that uh it it was an interesting case study and just you know how the internet brings the worst case and humanity all 365 degrees well, Joe, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I, yeah. I just want to ask you I'm something. Really enjoy this chat. Um, so, 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 Geekscape is. If I, I haven't said it a million times, um, go go check out this download podcast. Uh, you can find it anywhere. Here's the the thing: it's tricky spelling, but it's download. You replace the the a in download at the end of download. You replace it with a w. You'll find it on any podcatcher you have. Uh, if you listen to Spotify, it's there. If you listen to Stitcher. It's there. If you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, it's all there. You please listen to this. It's a uh, rise and fall of Harry Knowles. If you search for that, you'll definitely find it. Uh, it's in, I think it's fantastic journalism. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Download is a series. This is one of the. Uh, this is its initial story. Uh, have you thought about what the next story would be, Joe? I've thought a lot about it. You know, this story took me two years to create. Um, roughly, you know, I, I started it when I got fired from a job in September, 2020. And, uh, we're going to blame the pandemic on that. Um, I'm going to blame, honestly, I'm not going to get into it. It's a crazy story. All right. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, actually, maybe if you had time, if you had time, I could get into it. I I don't need to wrap the show. I'm the boss here. All right, let's do it. I'll (laughs) tell you what happened. This is actually a crazy story. And it all goes back to Harry Knowles, too. Okay. So I was working in the corporate offices of Goodwill, uh, the the thrift store mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, supposedly does a lot of philanthropic uh, things across the country. Um, so I'm working as a marketing professional uh, on storytelling projects. And so they told me to interview someone for a success story. I was like, great, I'll make a podcast about this guy. Okay. So they send me to interview this guy. You know, and, and what Goodwill does for anyone who's unfamiliar is they help people have a hard time entering or re-entering the job force, 
and they help upskill them and, and get them trained and get them ready uh, to enter the job force. So I'm interviewing this guy and I'm like, I don't, they didn't really debrief me on anything about him, which is great. I'll just find out the story as we talk. Joe, this is going to become a podcast. This is going to become a video. What, what, it's a podcast, this interview that you're doing with the guy? Uh, no. Well, it was going to be, it was going to be a video. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And um, <laughs> so I'm interviewing this guy and he starts telling me how he's had a hard time getting a job. I'm like, oh, well, what happened? He's like, well, you know, I, I used to be a minister, but then. I was, I had to change jobs. And, you know, once you work as a minister, it's really difficult to get a job doing anything else. And I've got to tell you, that was the first red flag because I'm a, I am a minister's child, my preacher's kid. Okay. So he tells me this and it's like, well, I know for a goddamn fact that uh, ministers get jobs doing a lot of things. You know, a lot of people will preach at a church while also having a job, you know, and he's like, He's telling me you can't get a job at Starbucks. I'm like, I know so many ministers who work at so many Starbucks. <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm like, oh, okay. All right. You know, just kind of nodding my head. And so far, so bad. So, so far, like, <laughs> this is weird. Okay. I'm having, I'm struggling with your premise here. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people at church, they can just be really unforgiving. And I'm like, okay, okay. Isn't that the um, purpose of going to church is some form of forgiveness? <laughs> Well, you know, okay. So <laughs> I'm interviewing this guy, interviewing him. Uh, we get to the end of the interview, and I'm like, great, cool, man. Well, I'm going to work on the story. Um, congratulations on all the work you've done. He's like, yeah, yeah, just make sure not to Google me. Mm. So I Google him. <laughs> and uh, this guy, uh, this guy was busted as part of a nationwide child porn ring um he charged with distributing uh sexual not just nudes sexual images of children as young as two years old oh my god and you know i saw this and i got really sick as you would. Uh, number one because he's not taking any accountability oh he's blaming he's, me on the fact that he's a minister of this they're really unforgiving that and starbucks is this, a this church they, they don't understand they just don't understand what that, the uh, fuck right so i told my boss i wasn't going to do this they had and, to understand that joe they had to understand that we're not going to mm-hmm. give we're not they had to understand it listen i told a story earlier today i have a friend george pepe who sometimes tries to you know he goes online he, he meets different people that would be interesting uh he had me booked he had a guy booked on geekscape and i said hold up can you google him real quick i can't you have to ghost this guy we can't have him on geekscape and I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> Maybe some geeks will be like, oh, let them on. Uh, I just didn't want to give this person a microphone. You can't give these people a microphone. No, no. They had to understand this. Joe, please tell me they understood this. So their reasoning was that they'd already told this person they were going to do the success story. Who gives a fuck? So now, now it'll be awkward if we suddenly don't do the success story. It would be incredibly awkward if you do. This is horrible. No. Well, you know, you know, not not it would be incredibly awkward if we did because this person is all over the news. You know, I live in Greensboro. He he was living in Greensboro at the time, but he committed all of his crimes in in Raleigh, which is uh the capital of my state. Um 
so uh, you know i'm like yeah i'm not doing this and they're like you have to do it um because we we can't just go back on a word we told him we were going to do the success story it's like he's literally still charged with this he hasn't even gone to court yet like you can't do a success story about this guy holy shit. um you know haven't you heard that like people think that there's like pedophile rings out there do we want to say this guy's working for us kind of falls in bed with it the second that you make it any kind of a success story or any give it any resonance that's kind of yeah endorsement yeah that's kind of an endorsement yeah yeah you know and i'm not i'm not in any way acknowledging or verifying that this QAnon stuff is real but i'm just saying i mean that is just stupid if if people believe that the last thing you want to do is say well here's a pedophile who works for us holy shit um So they insist they were insisting that I did it. I was refusing. And, you know, here's where the story goes a little deeper is part of the reason I refused is, is because I had a kid who was around that time four. But then another reason I refused is uh, because I was sexually abused as a kid uh, by a minister. Oh my God! As you alluded to earlier, and, as a victim of abuse, there's just no way that you'd magnify that voice. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not so doing a story. I'm not doing a story. I'm not doing a story. Finally, they push me. They push me, and I'm like, look, I'm not doing this story because I was sexually abused by a minister, and it's fucked up that you made me even have to tell you that. And the first thing that came out of their mouth was, "You must have oh, had." Some, it's unfair for them to we put you in that situation. You must have had a horrid visceral reaction first thing my boss tells me is i won't think any less of you because of this i'm so sorry and then i was like which hospital did you send him to uh her i didn't you know oh you can't no i guess you can't no i mean i can't hit anybody regardless yeah you're right i'm still correcting myself here on geekscape you're right joe you're right shouldn't hit people you're right Uh, that's what i tell my kid we don't hit you're right um you have to tell me too can you can you once a week text we don't text me that once a week please tell me (laughs) but um and then uh like two weeks after that i I was fired without a cause (laughs) you know and so I'm out on my ass, and uh, it, it just got me thinking, like, you know, I kind of spent a good chunk of my life obsessed with this website created by this guy who did a lot of really fucked up uh, sexual abuse, uh, who refuses to take accountability, who kind of ran his community like a church or like a cult. Very and much so. uh, I would like to tell that story now, and I had a bunch of free time. And uh, so when I wasn't applying for jobs, I, I just did something I never did before. I, I created a narrative podcast, and that's that's what happened. That's how it started. Joe, I'm so sorry you were put in those unfair situations. I'm I I have a great job now, so I, I'm actually not sorry. <laughs> that being and that, said, that, like interviewing Harry and having him either, you know, and having having him kind of dodge a bit in that interview this responsibility how are you able to as a as journalist to journalist like uh, uh, how are you able to uh, how are you not able to just yell at the motherfucker i've gone to you know i i would recommend everyone can if they can do this i've gone to a lot of therapy in my life you know and part of the way i approach interviews is is almost like a form of therapy i'm really 
I ask questions and I listen and, uh, you know, I'm very listen for it. I, I listen to people more than um, I, you know, I, so one person criticized my interview with Harry. They said, you didn't dominate. So I go, well, I, I don't off. dominate. Fuck off. I mean, you know, yeah, fuck off. This person, was, person, a, fuck this off. person was a TV news reporter and absolutely TV news. They dominate. Fine. I, you know, that's their prerogative. Yeah, but this is a documentary. Uh, this isn't, I'm going to go ahead and say this isn't a, a news story. Where it's mm-hmm. all about gotcha. This is a documentary that you were making, yeah. and as a documentary filmmaker, you're letting the story unroll. And again, that interview is to me. I was like, this interview is cut out of order. You even say like this happened very early in the interview, very in, like, early, the third yeah. hour, and this and that. Like, Geek Savers, you gotta listen to the show. Um, how dare they take their? They're in a different medium. The only yeah. similarity is that they're doing an interview. But other than that, there's a completely different medium with completely different things that they need to satisfy. You are telling a 10 plus hour documentary series as opposed to their, we better get the hook in three minutes because we're only going to have a three minute news bite. F off with yeah. that bulldog shit. Well, you know, if you've worked or in news media for a long time, you know, in terms of and those people stop and talking esteem. when you do that bullshit, they stop talking. Yeah. Oh. The, the the people you respect, the people who got the least respect, you know, I, I as a former newspaper reporter were the TV people because they ran around with no context. They were pushy. They would, you know, try to shove in and get everyone out of their way. They tried to dominate. And, you know, that's not how I feel. I definitely respect TV news because in a lot of ways it's becoming the only news now. We've lost so yeah. ma- many newspapers. No, everything has to be a but, second bite. You know, everything has to be 30 second bite. 30 seconds. And, and Geekscape is, they hate me. Some of the press people hate Geekscape because I say, hey, you got to give me 30 minutes. I got to figure this out. I got to talk to this person as a conversationalist. Like, let's face it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the smartest interviewer. I don't do a whole lot of research. I like to talk to people. I love to talk to people. I'm addicted to talk to people. I need time to talk to people. We've got some great people coming up, but I have to talk to them. If I don't talk to them, I can't, I can't relate i can't figure out i can't connect and this this community is about connection geekscape is about connection because when you have a disconnect you start making these little fucking monsters and they gotta go Uh, this is not a place for monsters and i think there's only one way to unfuck this ourselves in this community and i go to i go every four o'clock every friday jonathan is in therapy i think that i think that's an I think we got to figure this out, and and I do want to. I did want to ask you as I'm listening to this podcast that documents the rise and fall of this community online, and was a precursor to a lot of the things that we're dealing with today. Like, I'm just going to ask you straight, Joe. What the hell am I doing running a podcast network? Like, what I, I got maybe what two more years of this before the whole thing caves in on itself as a podcast? Like, is this medium dead? What do you think? Like, I don't know. Like, um, you, you just started podcasting. I, you know, like, what are we doing with our lives? I've been. <laughs> I was an early podcaster and then, you know, I, I laid off to, to focus on some entrepreneurial stuff and then just got to work as a marketing professional. But, um, you know, I, I think podcasting's changing. I think there's a lot of shows featuring people who are talking um, and, like we are, mm-hmm. which is great. But I think for me, the thing that I really seek out are the narrative podcasts, which take a lot more work. I do. And uh, a lot more time uh, to produce. You and... can say it. You can go ahead and say it. A lot more thought. I get it. Uh, no, I, I don't think. I don't. I don't. You know. You my know, my I heroes were Letterman, who also got in trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg Kinnear, 
Howard Stern, late night people, like those are always my heroes for the, the conversationalists, the people who talk for, and- for people. Oprah. Those are my heroes, and that's kind of what Geekscape. You can see you can see the DNA of those comedians and hosts in Geekscape. That's what I like the long form conversation. But as far as documentary journalism, like I agree with you. I think those, that's the actual stuff that I consume as a, as a geek as a podcast listener. Right. You know, I, I think that. So I think I had a really interesting conversation with this kid. Um, I call him a kid. He's a, an adult, but <laughs> I've known him since he was a kid. And, He'd been doing this horror film podcast for him and his buddies talk about movies. And then he listened to my podcast and he's like, I just want you to know that now I'm making a narrative podcast. Mm. And uh, I was like, that sounds really exciting. I would love to, I would love to listen to a narrative podcast about scary movies. Yeah, absolutely. If you find a good hook, if you find a great angle and, you know, and so for people that are trying to break in, I I feel like every, Every foothold has been taken. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those spaces have been allotted. They've been divvied out. You know, Quentin Tarantino has a podcast now where he talks about movies. You're not going oh, to. I had no idea. You're not going to top that one. <laughs> you're not going to top that one. You've got to. So you've got to now pivot and do what the Tarantinos and the Kevin Smiths aren't doing. And, and that's tell stories. And, I, you know, one thing I really like about it, too, is that it's a fairly new medium narrative podcast series um you know i think s town which came out of serial was sort of for me the one that really said you can you can do whatever the fuck you want to with this yeah that was really it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to be an offshoot of uh this american life you don't have to tell these little bite-sized stories you can kind of just like get into the guts of one human's life and tell their whole story and uh you know like i told uh almost a 15 hour epic about a website <laughs> pretty absurd it was pretty absurd and you know i, I couldn't have loved it more people. dude yeah i i felt kind of dumb sometimes as i did it i was like what am i doing i mean i, I really like it and you know as i would listen to it, I'm like these stories people are telling me are just amazing and it kept me going but to everyone, I would say, find the stories, tell the stories. That's that's the future. I, I don't think podcasting is done. And, you know, hopefully your podcast network expands to uh, not be all narrative podcasts, but to just include them into uh, your fold. We've talked sure. about it. I had the conversation today um, about bringing on, finding the resources for that kind of thing. Because uh, I, 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 inspired by your show, but also earlier oh, ones awesome. that I listened to. Um I love the 30 for 30 stuff as a, as a closet jock um, and stuff like yeah. that. I just, uh, I think there's a way to do it. We have to find the resource solution here at Geekscape to bring those kind of, kind of things out. I have stories that I would love to explore. I don't think I'm the host editor of that. I think that I'm the, the I mean, uh, jo- Jonathan does the catch all show. He, he's a mile wide and an inch thick here at Geekscape. I just like meeting people. I am, obsessed with meeting people and talking to them and i i have to meet people every week and talk to them and i've been doing it for 16 years maybe that in itself is the document of myself i don't know um but uh um bolt t who's been with us from the beginning he's over on youtube and he says the only way to unfuck yourself is through forgiveness forgiveness is not for them it's for you love and kindness you need to have it it's the most powerful technique. And going back to the Anne Hayes thing, she 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 was intoxicated behind the wheel. The one thing that took my brother from this world. And I I immediately just felt sad 
and that she was gone. Um, whereas I think 10 years ago, I would have been like, fuck her, fuck that, fuck this. Why did she do it? Da, da, da. These are these are people who are in pain. I think we're all kind of suffering to this existence. And we got to figure out how to be kinder yeah. to ourselves and each other. Um, Joe, I, I could have you on for a million years uh, doing this show. Uh, you say you know what you're going to do next. You do, you do or don't know what you're going to do next. With that well, one. I've got a, I've got a, a few ideas kicking around, you know. Sure. And I was thinking, you know, my experience in covering internet movie culture, I, I encountered a lot of toxicity. So I was I was thinking of pivoting to a less toxic community, like maybe video games. Oh, you mother, <laughs> you son of a. <laughs> that was a joke, but um. I, a few ideas um and then you know i think there might be stories outside of the history of the internet that i'm i'm really interested in as well so looking forward to all of that fantastic uh joe if we could be a resource to you over here at geekscape if any of the audience is out there and want to follow over i've already told you what to do go over and look for download uh the rise and fall of harry Knowles uh on any podcatcher you listen to uh, listen to it right after you listen to this interview. Just go and get it. Um, Joe, thanks for so much for being on the podcast with me, dude. Uh, I clearly was so excited to have you on. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. And uh, this has been a really good experience. And yeah, I definitely, you know, if you are the way you, if you were the way you described yourself as being, um, I think you're a different person now. And I, I think we've all got to try to work on ourselves. So yeah, I think it's, your... I think it's important to, cancel yourself and and just constantly be involving like like bolt t say like forgive yourself for what you were and let, let's just do better every day geekscapes you know what we say around here don't hate create uh the energy you put for is great motto yeah well i'll, I'll mail you the t-shirt uh you've definitely earned it with this uh conversation thank you for giving it to us uh geekscapes you can find geekscape anywhere you you look for any social media content we're on the tiktok now uh, you can find us on the youtube uh twitch Twitter, all of it. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. A reminder, like, we have a ton of podcasts out there with the Geekscape brand on it. Uh, everything from pro wrestling to music to filmmaking to female filmmaking to comedy to comedy improv narrative. All sorts of stuff is on here at Geekscape. You just got to search and look for it yourself and uh, share it with your friends. If you enjoyed this conversation with Joe, if you enjoy any of the Geekscape stuff, uh, it really helps when you hit that little share button share it with your friends and also a little five star maybe a little comment that always helps our visibility we got so much cool geekscape coming uh next week uh we got matt milligan from weedis the current tiktok rock stars and uh our brand new podcast weird algorithm which takes a weird owl song and explores it every single episode there are a lot of weird owl songs that podcast is going to be on the network for a long time and i gotta tell you geekscape is they're about to eclipse the number of subscribers this 16 year long podcast has so there are a lot of weird owl fans out there and they're kicking ass for the network so i'm really excited to talk to matt about it because i think it's a fun idea and they're having a lot of fun doing it so geekscape is uh i've already told you what the mission is go out and do it don't hate create and we'll see you next week bye you're listening to the geekscape network 